I'll have what she's having. Welcome to episode 32 of the Our Better Half podcast. In case you've wandered here aimlessly, I am Laura Lister-Mensch, the host, and the topic of this show is sex over 50 in the better half of life. It's October 2nd, 2016, and our guest is Judy Palmore from FC2, the maker of female condoms. Really, female condoms. Listen up, old people, because this is especially for you. But first, I've got to bring up the getting naked thing. Not for sex, but for causes. As a known prude, I know I am prejudiced. I haven't skinny dipped since 11th grade, and even then only in the dark. I've never been the one among my friends to happily strip and frolic about. I don't sleep naked, and I wear a one-piece skirted bathing suit like any elegant 1940s movie star. So my credentials as a nudist are wanting, I admit. But I am, for the record, a positive body image fanatic. I promote the view of the body as beautiful and appreciated and honored in all shapes, sizes, and flavors. I find body shaming deeply shameful behavior and phenomena. I believe we are all born with certain genes and adorned with our experiences and trying to appear as someone we're not is a sad waste of our dignity and energy, but I do not and I have never understood the phenomena of bearing one's body as a sign of body confidence. I'm deeply suspicious of the growing trend towards bearing one's body for a cause. My distaste for this direction toward body positivity started with the Dove campaign. It pretended to show the variety of human women's bodies. One, to sell beauty products. Two, to promote the idea that being confident in your underwear in public is a new standard of freedom. And three, to define it as brave to be in public as a size 14. Now, the over 50 Madonna is supposed to be leading the way towards body confidence by appearing to appear naked, following another younger music celebrities appearing to appear naked for a political cause. I'm not going to get into the cause, but I'm sorry, this is a worrying trend. Not because being naked is a bad thing. Nudists, be you. But because it is no more confident to be naked in public than not. It's really more giving others the opportunity to examine your body and talk about your body. Bragging that you look better naked than people might expect at your age or at your size or that you're willing to show your body in public, it's not necessarily activism. I'm not shaming her or anyone for their bodies or for showing their bodies, but for pity's sake. Let's not make it a new standard for which we must all feel ashamed or less confident for keeping our clothes on. Let's not be confident for our age or for our size or for our nakedness. I'm not looking up to Madonna for getting naked for her candidate. She's not, for example, showing her intelligence naked or her charitable works or standing in front of an urban shooting. She's getting attention because she's a wealthy, beautiful, well-known white woman who is aging gracefully or has the money to appear so. And all that's a power she had with her clothes on. Normal, poor, unknown women posting naked selfies are not considered courageous. They're more often seen as exploited 
and very likely to be body shamed no matter what they're wearing or not wearing. Rant over. It's time to talk about condoms, (laughs) specifically female condoms. As I started to bring this topic up with friends and family, who generally back away slowly because they think it's weird that I'm talking about it, I realized most people I know have never heard of a female condom. I myself had only vague memories of hearing about them in reference to sex workers and in areas with high prevalence of HIV. When I learned that they're now available nearly everywhere and for a reasonable price, I wondered why no one was talking about them. And then I learned, in particular, that older people may need to know about them, so I knew you would want me to call the company to get more information. So, I want you to meet Judy Palmore. She is with the female health company that makes female condoms. Hello, Judy. Hi, Laura. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for the invitation. I really wanted to talk about this topic. So you teach about female condoms now, but when you were a kid, what did you dream you would be doing at this time of your life? Oh, that's good. Um, And not a question I generally get in interviews, which makes me love it even more. (laughs) So I had in mind three things. Can I give three? Oh, yeah. Truck driver, farmer, veterinarian. Nice. That's a that's a lovely trio. How old are you now? I'm over 50. So I am a member of your tribe. I love that. Oh, I'm so glad. So we are here to talk about the FC2 female condom. FC stands for female condom. Mm-hmm. Why two? This is our second generation female condom. The first generation was released in the mid 90s and it was made of polyurethane. And this was a product that women and men alike celebrated, but the material wasn't quite right. So in 2009, we released our second version, uh, the sister to the first one, mm-hmm. which is made of nitrile. And this is what we call the FC2. The shape is the same. The way you insert it is the same. The efficacy is the same. But the pleasure is more and the feeling of the material is better. Yeah, I I remember hearing about a female condom some many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing about the sound it made. Does this (laughs) one sound different? For your listeners who liked the sound, and I bet there are not many of them, I apologize. The sound <laughs> is gone. The squeaking is gone. That was the polyurethane. And um, it was a wonderful uh, first version. It, the fir- we're still the only female condom that's approved by the Food and Drug Administration. Um, so it was a great first go around with a lot of success, but we're very proud of the second generation, which is made of nitrile and it does not make the sound. No. Most condoms that we might run down to the store and buy, and I actually have one in my hand from SheVibe, are made of latex. Why not make the FC2 of latex? It's a great question. And um, the reason why we're committed to being latex free is that an increased number of people, both men and women, are developing not only allergies, but sensitivities to latex. In addition, latex can be used with a water-based lubricant only, whereas nitrile, 
one can use with oil-based lubricant or a water-based lubricant. So if you want to have sex and add a little coconut butter, fine with the female condom. If you want to use palm oil, fine. If you want to use baby oil, fine. So both nitrile is also stronger than latex, but it's thinner than latex. Again, we're about options for women, Laura, but we're about pleasure as well. And so the nitrile has a thinner feel that increases sensitivity. Um, ironically, nitrile is the same material that surgical gloves are made of. So we know it's a safe material. So why do we need a female condom? <laughs> I know this is a short piece, so you will have to edit this one. I'm so passionate about why we need this. And it's really the foundation. It's the bone marrow of our company. And we need the female condom to give women options and full power over the barrier method that they are using. It is something that a woman can buy and have with her that she inserts herself to protect herself from STIs, including HIV and Zika, in addition to protecting herself from unplanned pregnancy. She doesn't have to negotiate for a long time. She doesn't have to beg a partner to use a method. She has the method and she can use it herself. So empowerment is a big part of the FC2 female condom. But another part is pleasure. The female condom is not constricting on the penis. It's wider than a male condom. It provides a little bit more room. So for gentlemen who lose their erection when they put on a male condom, um, or for gentlemen who once they've inserted, once they've penetrated their partner, if they lose an erection and they're male, wearing a male condom, they have to withdraw right away and apply another one. Well, if she's wearing the female condom and he loses the erection, he can keep going until he gets the erection back. So if I could, um, it's both empowerment for women, it's pleasure for men and women, and it's also choice. I have heard also about a cuddle factor after <laughs> sex. Do you want to talk about that? I love that. Okay, already you are my favorite person because <laughs> usually, you know, I'm the one that brings up cuddle and you brought it up. I love it. So if a woman is wearing a female condom and her male partner ejaculates. It is not like it is with a male condom where he has to withdraw right away and, and roll the, the condom off the penis. Again, she's wearing the condom. So after he ejaculates, they can cuddle and talk. And, and then when he's ready and she's ready, he'll withdraw. And then she can twist the outer ring and pull it out and throw it away. It is a one-time use. And I have to tell you, Laura, the cuddle factor came from a, a customer. I did not... That's not something we came up with. A woman came up to me at a conference once and gave me a hug and said, you brought cuddle back to my marriage. Oh. And, and I said, okay, tell, I, tell me more. And then she told me that story, basically. That's beautiful. You can insert a female condom how long before you have sex? Up to two hours in advance. Now, that's a large window. So we often ask um, customers, how long do you insert it in advance? We want to know. Um, I mean, it's approved for up to two hours, but what is reality? Mm -hmm. And most women insert it between two minutes and 20 minutes before use. Uh, there is no interruption in foreplay. 
if she knows that her and her partner, her boyfriend, her husband, her someone she doesn't know, whoever are going to have sex, she can insert it ahead of time as not to interfere with uh, foreplay. You mentioned the, some of the things that would really matter also for older people, including that you don't need quite as robust a, an erection, mm-hmm. that you don't have the factor of losing an erection while you're putting it on. Would you say that this is something that o- older people might want to look into? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think not only because the pieces we already talked about regarding pleasure, but also lubrication. Mm. Um, As we all know, a woman's flora and fauna changes as she gets older and the vaginal, vaginal dryness can be a challenge. The FC2 female condom is lubricated with a very high quality silicone based lubricant. And as I stated, because it's nitrile, she can add whatever lubricant she wants. So if the silicone lube that comes on is not enough, she can add more lubricant and, and of her choice. And this can really help a woman um, experience less chafing and more pleasure. Another piece, Laura, is, I don't know, we're over 50, girl. We're all about independence. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is more sexy than here's a, here's a condom that I get to wear? that I get to insert, that I get control over. Um, So I think that's a big piece for women and men over 50 as well. And also health. You know, I feel like as we get older, we are often more cognizant of our health. And whereas we might have had unprotected sex in our 20s and our 50s, newly divorced, newly widowed, whatever, or 60s or 70s or 80s, we, you know, have our mind more on our health than, than maybe we did 40 years ago. And this is a great option. A lot of women over 50 no longer need to worry about pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Do women over 50 need to think about STIs? Yes, of course. Women women and men over 50 need to think about STIs. And you've brought up a great point. Um, often I'm at conferences and, and women will come up and say, oh, I was so glad when I didn't have to think about pregnancy anymore. I could change my method. And, and I thought, oh, where are they going with this? Or, and what they meant was they could get off the hormonal contraceptive that they had been taking and maybe didn't feel comfortable with and just use the FC2 female condom for disease prevention or for sexually, the, the prevention of sexually transmitted infections. There are um, st- statistics on the CDC website that you can easily access. Any of your listeners can access the talk about the prevalence of STIs in older adults. And I'm happy to say that older adults are probably more sexually active than they were generations past. Mm-hmm. But with that comes the, the transmission of STIs and the responsibility to protect oneself and one's partner. So this is a great, great option for that. Okay, so do you have one with you right now? I do. I have a regular old male condom. Quick question. Mm-hmm. I understand that the so-called female condom is not necessarily only for penetrative sex with women, Mm -hmm. that it can also be used for anal sex with any kind of partner. Mm -hmm. Is that true? It's a great question. And this is what we call off-label use. So the Food and Drug Administration has approved the FC2 female condom for vaginal sex only. So it's not FDA approved for oral sex or anal sex. So if one used it in that capacity, it would be what's called called off-label use. Okay. 
what kind of packaging does it come in? Well, it comes in this really nice wrapper that is orange and purple. Some of your listeners, if they're on my age, they remember the first generation wrapper, which was white and had a pink woman symbol on the outside. We have replaced the wrapper or enhanced the wrapper, and it's now a very sexy purple and orange with a big FC2 round circle on the front. I'm holding a, you know, classic male condom in my hand in its package. I could probably hide it in my in my fist. Mm-hmm. Is the female condom different in size or discretion in your handbag? Mm-hmm. So I'm holding the package, and this is a single sachet, as I assume you were holding a single mm-hmm. male condom. Okay. So I'm holding a single FC2 sachet up to my iPhone 6, and it is about two, into, two inches shorter, and it is the same width as my iPhone. Ah, okay. All right. So is the packaging such that you could pop it in a handbag? Absolutely. All right. Is it easy for older people to open? (laughs) (laughs) It is. And this is what I love because I started wearing readers, you know, this year Uh where it says tear here. You can actually read the tear here. Okay. I was just about to ask that because the writing on this condom is, uh, even with my readers, not, I can't see it. I can't see it. So you can easily tear it open, I'm assuming, and you can read it. Nice. There there is a big orange arrow. It says tear here, and I'm going to go ahead and do that. It tears right down to the side. And when you take the FC2 female condom out, it is, it's not unrolled. So you're just going to unroll it or more unfold it. And one will see it is the same length as a male condom, but it's wider than a male condom. And that's one of the pleasure positive aspects that I mentioned before. It's not constricting on the penis. There's an inner ring, which one could remove just to look at it and see what it's all about. But you want to insert it with that inner ring in And there's an outer ring, which does not come off the condom. And I would say I I might have, um, the best thing to do is go to our website where you can watch a demonstration video step by step. It's fc2femalecondom.com. For someone who is unfamiliar with the female condom, would they have trouble learning how to do it? That's a great question. And I wouldn't say trouble, I would say practice. So we know this and we're very real. You know, I've been a sexual health educator for probably, well, for over 20 years. Let's leave it at that. And I think it's important to set people up for success and not failure. So I would be the last person to say, oh, and, you know, take this home and insert it. You'll be great. What I like to say is, here is a female condom. I'm going to do a demo, or you can watch one on our website, and then take three home. The first one is for practice. Insert it, pull it out, insert it, pull it out, insert it, do the laundry, insert it, take the bus, go to class, whatever, <laughs> babysit your grandchildren, keep it in and kind of get the feel for it. <laughs> I just love that. And by accident, if the outer ring stimulates the the clitoris while you are running your errands, it will be a very productive errand running session. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that outer ring because <laughs> this is a, a feature. 
This is a good feature in terms of STI transmission, as I understand it. Yes. So again, it's it's off-label. So the the FDA did not look at the added protection of the outer ring. But it is intuitive and logical when you insert it, you'll notice that the outer ring covers a little bit more surface area, offers more surface area protection. The vulva which can provide um, protection from surface area STIs. But the outer ring also can provide clitoral stimulation during sex. And this is something that's another pleasure positive aspect of the FC2. That is nifty. And I just want to, it's a soft ring. I don't, I don't want to give people the impression that that outer ring is firm. It's a soft ring. It's basically the nitrile folded over, rolled down. It also means that you're not putting it in and your partner doesn't know that it's there. Right, exactly. In fact, you know, that could be another aspect of insertion. Maybe your partner wants to insert it for you. You could use it as part of foreplay. Mm. It's so it's so person specific. Some people want to insert it and their partner not not even know it happened. It's like it just appeared. And other people want their partner to be part of the insertion process. So it's really up to the woman who's wearing the the female condom and her partner. And one thing I just want to add, I know um, people will, will likely go on and watch the demonstration video, but another reason why practice is important is because we want her to feel when she's ready to use it for protection that she's got this and it's not clumsy because the concern is if it is, she'll just say, okay, forget it. And then that that person will go unprotected. So it's kind of like when, when I, I bought laced shoes for my kids, I didn't expect them on the first day to lace them up and go on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. It did some practice mm-hmm. first, you know, made, and I helped them out the first, you know, the first few times and then they could go on the basketball court. So it's just a theory of practice and comfort. And then comes the pleasurable sex. Lovely. Can you think of one story of someone who went from the traditional male latex condom to the FC2. Yeah, there are so many. And I think it's also important to point out that women spend three decades trying to avoid pregnancy, for example, and to expect that they use the same method for all 30 years is unrealistic. Hmm. So at some point, she's going to maybe want to break from hormones and use the FC2. Or at some point, she's going to realize she needs more than hormones because she has four partners now and she might use the the FC2. Mm -hmm. Well, in terms of pregnancy prevention, I would apply the same to the prevention of sexually transmitted infections. So I hear from a lot of people who they just want to try something different. And maybe they'll use the male condom with Kyle and they'll use the female condom with Dan and they'll use, you know, something different with someone else. So I hear a lot of stories from people who just want a choice. They just want to try something something different. I do hear from quite a few women who have latex sensitivities, and they go to the female condom for that reason. When I was still working in the field, I heard from quite a few gentlemen who communicated with their female partners to please try the female condom because they were having a hard time with maintaining an erection with the male condom. 
Well, I just want to say that I recently told a woman over 50 who has recently gotten back to dating mm -hmm. um, after the end of her marriage, she was talking about the problem of negotiating condom use mm -hmm. with new partners and how awkward and difficult that was. And she nearly cried when I told her there was an option for a female condom that could be used without having to have that negotiation and mm -hmm. that she could take care of it on her own. And that would be a different discussion with a, with a new partner. And she was so happy. And then she wanted to know how to find them. So tell us, how do you get them? Laura, first, that's a wonderful story. And I really appreciate you, you sharing that. FC2 can be found online just about anywhere you would be buying your, I don't know, um, your, let's say if you buy vitamins online, for example, you can probably buy your female condoms and have them delivered on the same day. <laughs> so amazon.com, cvs.com, drugstore.com, Walgreens, that just gives you a sampling of some of the online vendors where you can find the FC2 female condom. We are on the shelf in many Walgreens. If any of your listeners are in the New York area, um, we also are on the shelves at Kenny Drugs in, in New York and New England. However, we have heard customers having great success, especially sassy customers over 50, look out folks, mm -hmm. going to their local pharmacy to buy the FC2. And when they discover it's not on the shelf, talking to the pharmacist. The pharmacist can easily, easily order the FC2 through his or her ordering system. So if, if your listeners go to their local pharmacy and it's not on the shelf, I would say just ask. Ask the pharmacist to order them so that you don't have to order online. I mean, many people like to order online. They order everything online. So, um, But if you want to get it in your neighborhood pharmacy, talk to your pharmacist. Empowered women. I just love that. Okay. And on the show notes will be links to everything we've discussed. Judy, thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity, Laura. And thanks to your listeners. I want to welcome Dr. Sandra Schoer, our sexology correspondent. What cool sexology topic do you want to talk about today? Well, I'm going to lead into it with a little imagery, perhaps. You know, sex is always... Well, it's, we always think of it as sexy. It's always beautiful and steamy and perfect. And many people actually use that imagery in their fantasies for their own sexual episodes. But the natural body betrays that imagery. So today, what I want to talk about is one of the most common and embarrassing occurrences during sex, breaking wind. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Well, the first thing we need to remember is that the backdoor breeze is universal. <laughs> There's no one escaping that occasional fanny beep. <laughs> and considering everything else our bodies are doing during sex, it's actually more likely to take place during intercourse. But I want to assure everybody out there that this is very normal for mm -hmm. men and women. Mm -hmm. However, it is occurring a little more frequently in our better half. And by that, I don't mean the bottom half. I mean <laughs> the better half of our lives. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. 
Yeah. Why would that be? Well, think about it. During sex of all different varieties, the pelvic floor muscles are really the primary players. They're the same muscles that we're exercising when we do the Kegels together. Mm. They're also the muscles engaged during the Valsava maneuver when we're bearing down. Which we talked about in last episode. Yeah. So, but what's happening during sex is that you get this intra-abdominal pressure that pushes also on the rectum at the same time. And so if the anal sphincter muscle isn't paying attention or is perhaps otherwise engaged in the antics, then one is likely to launch a fluffy. <laughs> oh my. So it's normal. We shouldn't uh, think of it as abnormal, you're saying. Not at all. No, not at all abnormal. However, it's not the same thing as queefing. That's when air becomes trapped in the vagina during intercourse mm-hmm. and is then released. I'm talking about like a good old-fashioned toot. <laughs> I know how you pronounce, but can you spell queefing? Q-U-E-E-F-I-N-G. And is that more common in the better half? Not necessarily. I'm wondering if you have any more other euphemisms for... Oh, absolutely. ...breaking uh, wind. The list never ends, Laura. <laughs> But I think the real concern here is that people get really worked up about it when it happens. And they're so afraid of a little rectal turbulence that it affects their ability to actually enjoy an orgasm. Ah, okay. So this worry about this could actually make sex worse. Absolutely. And in fact, that's when it's most likely to happen. So those beautiful waves of pleasure that are associated with orgasm are actually primary players in a musical salute. (laughs) Oh, you have a lot of these. Okay, so (laughs) what advice do you have to people who feel shy about this? Well, first of all, I think that it's really important uh, to remind ourselves that uh, we're human, you know, and sex is a celebration of being, whether one's alone or with a partner. So sex should be fun and playful and joyous. And When we expect it to be serious or perfect, we may actually lose opportunities for that joy. So my advice is relax, be engaged in your experience and your partner's experience. And if in the act you happen to step on a duck, well, remember, you are a beautiful human in the act of being. That is perfect. (laughs) Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, elder folk, it's time for our Kegel break of the episode. I know you forget to do them, so let's do them together. Let's exercise our pelvic floor and release. Just squeeze and release. Let's squeeze and release. Squeeze and release. In case you missed the sex news of the week, here are some highlights. Read through my prude goggles and reported with my prude quill pen. Do you get tired of all the sexy talk being hogged by young voices? Do you like your erotica properly aged? Good news. An erotic anthology for the silver set has been published by Sexy Little Authors Publishers and the title is Silver Desire. There's a link in the show notes. Go enjoy. I love the alliterative. So I was tickled terribly 
by the article on panda sex in this weekend's New York Times titled Lousy Libidos, Why Do Pandas Have So Little Sex? We know this author had a great time because the story is spiced with phrases like make their move, panda porn, enter estrus, and fomenting fornication. Who says science writing has to be dull? Speaking of low sex drive, Japanese millennials are not really feeling it, apparently. Half of that age set in Japan remain virgins so long and doggedly that the government fears the aging population has no safety net. The government is keen to turn the tide. There are support groups and a story on CNN reports nude drawing classes are an attempt to, quote, solve the virgin problem. Perhaps the second half of life will be better for these folks. Plenty of people are known to say, oh God, in the throes of sex, but a widely read bit of research published recently indicates that having more sex leads to men being more likely to believe in God, though not women. Researchers put this down to oxytocin, the hormone released when people touch. You all grew up around the same age I did, you boomers, so you no doubt heard the often repeated thing about men thinking about sex more than women. The ratio in one study says 34 times a day to a woman's 19. But we forgot to ask a really important follow-up question. It turns out that men also think about food and sleep more than women, too. I'm willing to bet thoughts about bill paying and dishwashing are pretty low on both lists. I bet that most of you have not thought a great deal about men's vaginas. But Buck Angel, a transgender man and sex educator, has. And his idea to create a sex toy for transgender men with vaginas is the newest thing in sex toys. Angel, who I saw at the Woodhall Conference in August, has partnered with Perfect Fit Brand to create the Buck Off sex toy. Angel said, quote, Toys are fun, and they let you experience your body in ways that you might not have been able to without one. They encourage you to explore. Check the show notes for more information on this new idea and Buck Angel's advocacy. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening in. There will be very interesting news in the next episode, so watch your email if you're on that list, and your podcast app if you subscribe. You will not want to miss it. And meanwhile, old people, have some lovely orgasms for yourselves. For inspiration, I offer the very best of Shakespeare's words and euphemisms for lovemaking. Break the pale, trim, angling, amorous right, momentary trick. In an invisible baldric, game, climb, clap, no, effect of love, revels, disport, tic-tac, meddle with, fill a bottle with a tin dish, tumble, jump, sing, board, emballing, stair work, foin, tillage, breach, traffic, hang one's bugle, thump, sluice, flesh one's will, blow up, pick the lock, vault, trunk work, set up one's rest, horsemanship, rents and revenues, husbandry, execute, surfeit, and tup.
Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love, and you're listening to a Swing Set podcast at Swing Set FM. Paradise. Naked people. All-inclusive drinks and food. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? Life on the Swing Set is taking over Desire Resort and Spa in Cancun this November 5th through 12th. Desire is like sandals for swingers and other non-monogamous folks, a place that celebrates our sexuality and allows for the kind of bacchanals we truly love. Making our fifth trip a takeover means our already diverse, inclusive, and delightfully geeky group gets the run of the place. We control the music, the events, the theme nights, the orgies. And all will be focused on making this the best way to do Desire Resort and Spa. Whether you're a swinger, poly, a nudist, or just curious. So, come with us this November and book now, because less than 15 rooms remain. Head to ssdesire.com for more information. We'll see you in paradise. We'll see you in paradise. We'll see you in paradise.